BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Lainey Wilson is on a roll. She's delivering great music and teaming up with some of country's hottest acts. Text Lainey to 45911 to see which four Lainey Wilson collabs have us talking at BackstageCountry.com. Text Lainey to 45911 to get a link to the list sent right to your phone from BackstageCountry.com. It's the Sunday Football Show with Ted Johnson. Henry to the right side. He's in and knocked down with a hit by Teddy Johnson. Talking football from the playoffs to the draft on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Come and see the guy, Father. Huh? Oh, oh you, my friend? Hey, Tommy. Oh, <laughs> unexpected surprise. I know, I know. Oh, yeah, sweetie. I got How some, uh... Yeah, I got some good news for you. If you don't well, mind me sharing Come on out on the... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're here in L.A., baby. Sunny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I, what's uh, going on, big guy? Yeah, no, well, I, uh... You know, obviously, you've been a... Uh, Tremendous and proud supporter of me throughout my career, and um, you know the great organization of the Patriots um, drafted me, and I only felt that it was right to, you know, let you know uh, first that you know obviously tonight being here in LA with the Super Bowl, that I'm the newest member of the oh, Pro Football F- Hall of Fame. Awesome. <laughs> oh, yes. Welcome back into the Sunday Football Show. Ted Johnson, uh, Alex Barth, and that was uh, it's, uh, Richard Seymour earlier in the week. Uh, that's audio of Richard Seymour, I guess, went to uh, wherever Robert Kraft was staying and uh, knocked on the door and let him know that he was been inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And you could tell Robert Kraft acted totally shocked. He didn't, didn't see that coming. <laughs> um, that was obviously a, a prepackaged uh, kind of thing. It just felt very awkward, that whole uh, interaction between Richard Seymour and, and, uh, and Robert Kraft. But... Uh, Nonetheless, that was uh, that's an that's an interesting side note uh, to the Richard Seymour news, if you will, getting the the Hall of Fame is just that whole thing. Robert Kraft wanting to be a part of that experience for uh, w- with Richard, and so they videotaped it and uh, put it out on. I think believe it was uh, Patriots dot com. But uh, Richard Seymour, one of my favorite teammates, drafted in two thousand one, was the sixth pick overall is going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And just real quick, yes, I know I said 90 seconds, no commercials. I screwed up. I'm still working out the kinks. And this this uh, job being in the A-hole chair, I, I will get better, I promise. But um, Richard Seymour, I love the guy. He's one of my favorite teammates. If you look at his stats, okay, you know, it's one of those things. People are going to kind of look at his stats. He played defensive tackle, right? He was more of a defensive tackle than he was a defensive end. That is not a high kind of sack, at least, uh position if you will not a high volume position, high volume yeah. sack yeah so he had 57 and a half sacks if you compare it to jj watt who's played one less year than richard has so far uh jj watt has 102 sacks okay i will say this about jj he got a lot more freedom to do kind of what he wanted to do um than richard did at least playing in this system he was more of a two-gap guy um and so to get 57 sacks quite honestly, and have played as long as he did for the Patriots is pretty amazing because they do not 
want you to to stunt, to shoot the gap. They want you to two gap. And so, um, anyway, I think it's a very deserving honor. Big fan of Richard. He's one of the largest human beings I've ever met or ever played with. Um, the, the biggest guys I've ever played with were, were Richard Seymour, Ted Washington, and, and then uh, Willie McGinnis. And just from a physically gifted standpoint, Alex, Richard was one of those super freaks, right? You have freaks and then you have super freaks, and he was certainly one. Getting into the Pro Football of Fame, congratulations. I'm pumped for uh, for him. Your thoughts on, on Richard getting in? Yeah, I mean, long time coming, right? He was due, and I think a lot of the Hall of Fame voting people look at stats and yeah, his stats maybe aren't what most Hall of Famers are, but if you actually watch the games, you know he's a Hall of Famer. Just the way he impacted the games, the way he made things run behind him defensively. And as football gets more specialized, I think Seymour's case was a really important one because you're going to start seeing these guys who don't have the traditional numbers but undoubtedly impacted the game at a Hall of Fame level. I was kind of surprised Devin Hester didn't get in, right? Because... He's not, you know, he's not one of the traditional positions. He's getting in as a returner, but you can't tell. Look at Devin Hester and tell me that guy didn't impact the game that way. Mm. Team's kicking the ball out of bounds. So, I think Seymour's case is kind of a landmark case as the NFL Hall of Fame kind of starts to handle this new era. And it's really cool to see him at the forefront of that. Mm. He is a forefront kind of player. There weren't a lot of guys at the time he came into the league who played the game like Richard Seymour. They're more common now, so maybe it doesn't seem that way, but. You know, look at a guy who's going to be playing today like Aaron Donald. The, those defensive tackles who in, who aren't necessarily traditional nose tackles, but the athletic defensive tackles that can move around and move the pocket laterally, that was kind of a rare thing when Seymour came in. And it's still pretty rare, but it was a really rare thing when Seymour came in the league. So he, he, he kind of changed the way you could play the position. And that, to me, is what makes him a Hall of Famer. He was instantly gelled with our with our team like we had a lot of uh, alphas and we had a lot of really established really good players on this team and Richard came in and just uh just filled in seamlessly and he just he got along with everybody we all love the guy his easygoing nature um he's just cool man and um he could, he played all the positions like he could play right. nose tackle I had I believe I had Ted Washington I had uh, Richard Seymour I had Ty Warren I had Ted Washington. Um, I wish Bill would go get guys like that again. You know, like these studs at the tackle position. Um, he is, you know, it's it's been a while since they've had maybe one of those guys. And so, um, but Richard was, and that's, again, that's a hard position, I think, to get in. Again, defensive tackle, yeah. not defensive end, where you're on the edge, where you get more, your sack numbers are, are better, and you have more, quote-unquote, splash plays. Um, it, it just, uh, it it just it's hard to get in, and so he's gotten in. Is there anybody else from the Patriots that is missing, in your opinion, as far as being represented in the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame? As far as, let's face it, we all know Tom's going to go right. in. We all know Belichick's going in. We all know that uh, uh, Gronk is going in. Right. We think Vinatieri uh, is going in. I was told by one of the voting members that he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer, that being Adam Vinatieri. Who am I missing? Am I missing anybody else, Alex? So Vince was on the ballot for the first time this year. Vince Wilfork, you talk about stud defensive tackles. I think he gets in eventually. It was a tough class to get in this year. But the glaring omission to me, one of your former teammates, Rodney Harrison. I mean, you talk about a guy who changed the game, a guy who played the game differently, who was arguably the best player in the league at his position when he was in New England. 
I, I think it's absolutely wild Rodney Harrison struggles to be a finalist, not even get in. There's a million cases you can make for Rodney Harrison, but I think this is the one that stands out. 30-30 club, 30 sacks, 30 interceptions. He was the first player to do it, and only Ray Lewis has matched him. Ray Lewis is obviously in. That's crazy. I don't under because to me, that's that's the difference for the Hall of Fame. It's not just were you a great player. It's did you do something that very few or nobody else has done before? 30-30 club, Rodney Harrison, he should be why, in. And why does 30, okay, 30 sacks, 30, think about that. 30 sacks for a, a, a strong safety? Yeah. Like 30 sacks for a strong safety, he's in coverage. He's not supposed to be sacking the quarterback. And this was, you know, now we think, you know, there's all these box safeties, the Kyle Duggar types, right, Jamal Adams, where safeties play in the box more. It wasn't like that when Harrison was playing. That's right. So it, 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 that number is actually even more impressive when you put the error in context. Yeah, he he should that. There's a million other reasons he's got the all time. I think it's playoff sack record, right? He has the most sacks of any defensive back in uh, NFL history. Uh, okay, well, the playoff the most. Oh, Willie uh, has, Willie the, has the, the playoff yep, sack Willie record. Has right. the most playoff uh, the, sacks. the uh, Super Bowl 16. touchdown record, uh, Super Bowl tackle record. Oh, is, is that what right? Harrison has? Yeah, yeah has he really? Okay. Thirty three tackles in Super Bowls. Ah, that's a great little. That's a great little stat there. I, I did not realize that. So congratulations uh, to Richard Seymour, big cuz as we called him. Um, just, uh, what an awesome honor, great honor, great guy, love the guy. So good for, uh, good for, uh, Richard getting in. And I will say this, the, the, the two guys you, you mentioned Vince, do you think, I think he should, I think Vince Woolfork should get in yeah. as long as well as Rodney. So I think we're, we're on the exact same page. Yeah. I think you, if you put those two guys in, I will be satisfied as far as representation for the Patriots in the pro football hall of fame. So good stuff. Way to go. Big C. All right, here we go. Coming up next. Oof, we got to get into this. Is uh, I mean, this the story, it won't go away. It's just like gum on the bottom of your shoe, baby. Um, why I think Tom Brady told Jim Gray earlier in the week that you never say never with regards to them potentially coming back to playing football again. It is game day, Super Bowl Sunday. Today, you're listening to the Sunday Football Show. Ted Johnson, Alex Barr, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Country music has so many generous artists who always seem to jump in to help those in need. We're spotlighting five who lead by example and lend a helping hand to charitable causes. See who made our list when you text GIVE to 45911. Text GIVE to 45911 and read all about it right now on BackstageCountry.com. It's the show where you never have to hedge your bets. Get it? The DraftKings Over Under Show on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Ted Johnson is talking football with the insiders and with you. Matt Jones has really saved Bill Belichick in a lot of ways. Actually, maybe saved his legacy. It's the Sunday Football Show on your home for sports. 98.5 The Sports Hub. Could you see Tom returning? He did kind of leave the door cracked. He's not retiring because he can't play. See, my answer for were you surprised if if he retired when he retired? And, and no, no, I'm not. And that's the same answer if he comes back. You wouldn't be surprised. You know, I'm not. I don't know how he's going to feel in six months when you know he's sitting there in the first off season. When you're retired, is it's different. You know, you, you have a routine. You have a body clock. You, you're so used to, you know, I did it for 12. He did it for 22. So, like, it's going to have to, 
you know, it'll hit him in some form or another. But I don't, I don't you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he came it's back. It's funny because he operates on having chips on his shoulder, whether it's when he's going to get drafted, how he's going to do with Michigan, yeah. beating out Bledsoe, beating back Jimmy, performing at the end of his career here in 18 and 19, going to Tampa. With Chip, of course, next would be, nobody thinks I can come back at 45. Takes a year off. I mean, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd make for a hell of a documentary that I'm sure he would make. That was Julian Edelman uh, talking to Tom E. Curran uh, earlier this week. Uh, welcome in to Sunday Football Show. Uh, Ted Johnson, Alex Barth. Alex Barth, of course, of uh, 95 thesportshub.com great great uh, articles uh anything you want to just learn about the patriots or the nfl go to our our website and uh and alex got is, has a ton of uh, great work on there your twitter I, i'm not a big twitter guy mine's at teddy j radio in case anybody cares your what is your twitter at real alex barth. uh, uh Turn mike, my mic on there that would help at real alex barth x real at real alex barth on, on twitter you can follow alex there um, that was again, Julian Edelman talking about Tom Brady retiring. Like, what? Why are we still talking about? I feel like we've Alex, you and I have done like uh, <laughs> we, we, a show on on Tom Brady retiring three weeks ago, and here we are still talking about it. Well, Tom, Tom made it still a story when he was uh, on earlier in the week with Jim Gray. I, I thought we could play the audio, but I feel like it's been played to death. Just Tom Brady's talking to Jim Gray on his podcast on Monday, and. He was asked about a potential comeback, and Tom Brady said to Jim Gray, essentially, you never say never. And that got people kind of, I don't know, uh, I don't know, in, you know, ears perked up. Mine certainly did. And so it's kind of left this this, this door open, a slimmer of hope that maybe he will, he will come back and, and play. And you have an interesting, uh, was this a tweet that was, uh, or this is a report from Ian Rappaport, uh, about yeah. this very thing, about the potential of Tom coming back. What did Ian uh, say? Uh, would you say this yesterday or this early this morning? So this is early this morning, early 5 a.m. this morning. Ian yeah. Rappaport and Tom Pelissero. Early bird gets the worm. Uh, this is a- as much about the Buccaneers as Brady, but, quote, the Buccaneers are leaving the door open for Tom Brady in case the legendary quarterback changes his mind on retirement, and sources say they would do whatever is necessary for him to return. A, possi- a possibility Brady himself isn't completely ruling out. Brady 44 announced his retirement on February 1st, but said Monday on a Sirius XM podcast that he would, quote, never say never on the possibility of playing again. Will people close to Brady consider the chances of that happening to be remote? The Bucks have made it clear to Brady they'd be willing to do what it takes. Was there one other piece that was at the end there? If they, if they don't get Tom? Oh, yeah. So so if you yeah. skip down a little bit, I thought that was I kind of interesting. That as well. Uh, barring a Brady comeback, yeah. Bucks options include, so it gives the in-house options, um, or swinging big there in the go. trade market, yeah. and then he names Deshaun Watson, Watson Russell Wilson Russell and, as possible. And, and perhaps maybe uh, Aaron, Aaron, uh, Roger, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I think I, it was, at least I saw that name connected. But you, then you said well, a report so, that he was, Aaron Rodgers is, it's all lollipops and rainbows. Yeah, so so an hour after that yeah. report, Rappaport says the relationship between Rodgers and the <laughs> Packers is, uh, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but some along the lines, as good as it's yeah. been in a while. That's yeah, interesting. So, so, But the Tampa Bay, if Tampa Bay, if Tom Brady doesn't want to come back and play uh, for Tampa Bay, that the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are are poised to go make a big splash. Yeah, open for business. You know, you know what? Because once you've had the best, anything less is just a little bit unsatisfying. So right. well, it's, 
so the Tom Brady thing, here it is. Uh, it's We're still talking about Tom. I, I'm, I'm going to say this to all you folks out there listening, all you good folks. Um, and again, you know what? I, I encourage you to, to call in and be a part of the show. I should probably do a better job of that. 617-779-0985. If you have thoughts on this, anything in the game, uh, we still have a couple more segments. Uh, of course, call in. We'll be happy to uh, to take your call. But to me, retiring is it is a shock. It's a shock, Alex. And I'll just you know clearly, I you know I retired. I retired with I with still more gas left in the tank. I retired. I wasn't I wasn't pushed out. I I just my head hurt and I knew potentially I was doing more damage and I didn't know exactly what because when I retired in the summer of 05 CTE hadn't even been a thing. It had never even been discovered. We didn't know, at least the players didn't know. Um the NFL and the NFL doctors knew, but th- th- there was perhaps uh, th- there was uh maybe uh playing football and repetitive blows to the head could lead to something uh more detrimental brain disease and uh if you will later in life. I didn't know that at the time. We certainly know that now. But when I retired, it was it was really it was weird. And it, a lot of guys probably go through it because if you don't have something to immediately go into, it's it's a a weird transition. Um and it's 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 very difficult because a lot of men we, we get our uh, a lot of our esteem is through performance based esteem they call it and and we need a tribe and we need you know a team and we need uh, that's how what's what makes us kind of feel good and get up every single day is that we feel like we're 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 working you know together in in this and that's going to be gone and it's going to be hard I think it's going to be really hard for Tom um, to adjust to, to to life after football being a current player versus the ex player and I might have been talking to you about this. There is, there is, he will never, Tom Brady, Alex, 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 Tom Brady will never be more relevant ever. He'll never be as relevant in his post-career that he was during his playing time. You look at all the great, all the great quarterbacks, they disappear. Like most NFL football players, for the most part, great one. They, you just don't hear from them anymore. Okay. Very rarely do these guys have this brand power, or this marketing ability, and this ability to kind of go into a second high-profile profession after they're done playing their, you know, playing football. And I think that's going to be a very difficult thing for Tom to adjust to. Um, what, what do you? Th- I mean, what do you think? Is there any chance at all? Do you see that he keeps the door open? And do you think he's playing a game here? Do you think he's like? Do you think he's completely shut it out? Or do you think he's? Do you think he's saying he wants to come back when truly he doesn't? Just to kind of let's face it, it keeps him relevant. It keeps him in the news. And I just worry that Tom. I don't know if TB12 is really going to take off. I don't know if that's going to be something that is going to keep him in the news. And so I worry that that's something Tom worries about, and that's a real kind of issue for him. Is what am I going to do now that football is gone? Well, Julian Edelman alluded to it. He has that media company and all of that. I think I think some of this is – I don't know that he wanted to announce his retirement right now. I think he – and there was a report out after really? the Bucks lost that he was going to take no, – so, so let me let me clarify that. There was a report out after the Bucks lost that he was going to take a month or two to kind of think about it. And I think in his mind – if he was done, he was going to announce it after the Super Bowl. And then obviously it gets leaked, whatever that was, two weeks ago. And he kind of has to announce it, right? He can't just leave it out there lingering. 
So maybe some of this back and forth is just he didn't truly get the closure he was looking for in that decision. He didn't get to truly take his time. I think if he did, look, it wouldn't be the weirdest thing in the world if he comes back. He always said look, age 45. It has to be with Tampa Bay, correct? Doesn't, I mean, he's under doesn't contract. have to. You, you, in, in the reports are the Tampa Bay, or the, you think Tampa Bay would just uh, would play hardball? It's like you play for us, or you play for nobody else. I think it's po- you, I think it's possible, but I think you think if Tom Brady went in and said, "Hey, I'm just I want my out, outright release," you think the Bucks would give it to him? If it's that, well, so there's some weird things with his contract in terms of dead money and, and voided years and all of that. If he's not going to play for them. They might actually have less cap if they, they might have more cap space available if they trade his rights or, or release him as opposed to, to keeping him retired. I think I'm not positive, but if he wants, look, look what happened with Gronk here. If he wants out and he's not going to play here, why do you hold on to him? You pick up an extra draft pick, you probably get a decent draft pick just for his rights, right? Um, and then you figure it out. I think we'll see what happens with that team, and maybe this is what he'd wait on. They got a lot of players up in free agency. They don't have a lot of room to maneuver. It's going to be interesting to see what that roster looks like. We don't know what the relationship is like between him and Bruce Arians. Seems like that was maybe heading in the wrong direction. I, I think he would at least wait to see what it looks like. I, If I had to guess, and I don't think he's coming back, but assuming he does come back, if I had to guess, I think it's more likely it's elsewhere than in Tampa. Okay, you have any uh, people say San Francisco? That name's been, That feels like a fit. That feels like a fit. I, I would say I agree with you. I don't think he's coming back. I don't think he, he's going to come back and then um, – Look, he's going to come back. Uh, I don't know midway through the off season, and then you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, go to a team and try and you know gel. And, and you know, I, I just think Tom's Tom wants to be there from the very beginning, right? If he's going to do it, um, and I just don't think I just think there's way too many things that have to happen for him to get to the perfect situation for him to go. I don't know if the perfect situation for him is San Francisco. Maybe he wants to go back and play for his home team. A lot of things have to happen for that to to, to work out, and I just don't. I think it's pie in the sky. I really think it's I think it's done. I think a lot of this stuff, Alex, is to keep Tom Brady in the news. You will hear le- you will hear you will hear less about Tom Brady starting now than you've ever heard. Tom Brady was always in the news because he was a current player. He is an ex player and ex players you just don't talk about. Him. The NFL keeps on going, man. That train that train keeps on going, man. So it's gonna be fascinating to see how this all plays out. Um, I just think uh, Tom likes to kind of, let's face it, I think keep him, his name out there and people talking yeah. about him. But at the end of the day, I agree with you, Alex. I don't think uh, I don't think he's going to come back. But uh, we will continue to talk about Tom because he's the greatest ever. And he's going to keep uh, doing things like this, throwing these little crumbs out there. Uh, we will uh, we will take, oh, real quick, I just want to ask you this. Who has more? Tom, you, you have an opinion on this? As far as brand power, as far as marketability, Who's who's going to be more successful post career in that in that phase, Peyton Manning or Tom Brady? Well, that that Manning cast who's, is who's, really okay. So it's taken off as far as pitch man, right? Who do you think is going to be have a more successful uh, you know career doing being pitch man, Tom Brady or Peyton Manning? So I, I think the thing is Manning Manning will sell anything. Manning's in every commercial. I feel like Brady's very particular with the products that he vouches for. So. That probably favors Peyton. I'd go with Peyton. It's not even close to me. It's Peyton. Tom? Brady was particular. Now he's doing Hertz commercials. He's doing Subway commercials. You know what? It's a good point. You're right. I think think Peyton Manning's a better pitch man because he's more of an everyman. 
he's he's more relatable. Let's just exactly. face it. He's just more relatable. So I, I just I don't think Tom will have the the success as far as being a pitch man, if you will, as, as far as marketability, if you will, in uh, you know in his post career. That's just that that's my opinion. But uh, but we will see. All right, we got uh, one more segment to go. Look, it's Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl Fifty Six. We're gonna get get into a little bit more of just the game that's gonna be played later today. Uh, I got to play in four. Went won three of them. It's an awesome, awesome experience, and uh, I'm really, I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to the game. But I want to, I want to get into a, a share a story that uh, of that uh, you know somebody I met. I'm going to say the the baddest, most fascinating person I've ever met at Radio Row. All right, several years ago, uh, lucky me, I got to be part of uh, his first ever and what some might say controversial interview. Uh, I'm going to explain who that is, uh, and you don't want to miss that. Plus. I want to discuss a few more of the kind of compelling storylines that flew one of the radar this week as well as far as NFL uh, news and notes. Kyler Murray, Eric Dickerson, um, just to name a couple of, uh, I think, are interesting uh, stories. Let's get into that. It's Super Bowl Sunday. You're listening to the Sunday Football Show. Ted Johnson, Alex Bark. We'll be right back. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Wondering who made our list of the top five all-time queens of country music? Did Carrie Underwood make the cut? Find out now when you text QUEENS to 45911 and scroll through the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text QUEENS to 45911 to see the talented artists who rounded out our top five list. Who you got? These guys have the answer. Joe Murray, Dan Lifshatz. The DraftKings over-under show on 98.5 The Sports Hub. From hard hits Johnson ate that one up. to hot takes. The owners can care less, but the coaches want you there. Ted Johnson is here to talk football with you. It's the Sunday Football Show on 98.5 The Sports Hub. So what time do you have to be at the stadium? Uh, I got to be that early, but I don't think I'm going to the game. What? No, I know. What? So how are you going to watch it? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Watch it on TV. Because you like that experience better? People don't hassle you at home or you're too nervous? Oh, what? absolutely not. No. Um, let's put it like this here. My ticket, they want to give me tickets in the rafters. So I, what? I, Get out of here. No. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Eric Dickerson <laughs> is our guest. I thought all this stuff got taken care of once Jeff Fisher got fired when he didn't want you on the sideline. Now they're giving you tickets in the rafters? Uh, in the 488, so I said, I said, I'd rather stay at home and watch it. I'm in shock. I'm, I, I was, in I shock. Would, I'm not in shock, but hey, it was good. It's good. Look, I'm going to tell you, this is not about me. It's, it's about winning this football game. That's the most important thing to me. I want my team to win. I don't care if I'm watching from an island on a boat, and I didn't get on boats. <laughs> <laughs> so no, that part. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm good watching it at home. You got a $5 billion stadium. We can't get you know something near the 50-yard line for a legend? Hey, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm in the, I was in the Raptors. I'm, I gave those tickets to my sister. So what... <laughs> That's Eric Dickerson. He's not on Radio Row making the rounds. I, I don't know who to credit that. I think I heard it on uh, Fox uh, Sports last night. Uh, but uh, anyway, that was Eric Dickerson, of course, uh, longtime Rams running back and uh, Colts running back, right? I mean, and Eric Dickerson, they ain't going to the Super Bowl. They got me up in the 400 section. That was the last thing. I'm not going to go watch the Super Bowl up there. Shoot. Um, That's a big stadium. That's that, way up there. I thought that was interesting. That, uh, he, he, ED, he, uh, he's like, no, nah, I'm good. No, nah, man. 
but there's a history there between Eric Dickerson, I believe, and the Rams. I, yeah. I think it goes back a ways. He was he's been critical of the team, and so uh, I guess <clears throat> when you're critical of the team, well, at least you get to take it into the game. Um, <laughs> uh, he, but I guess he doesn't like where he's sitting, so he he gave the tickets to uh, his sister. I found that to be kind of funny, uh, if you will. Um, I got to share this one story. Um, Radio Row. I used to go to Radio Row all the time. Um, when I was uh, doing my job down in Houston uh, as a host of uh, an afternoon drive show for many, many years down there. And I got to meet some fascinating people, Alex, fascinating people, really interesting. I've met, uh, look, I met, I met a lot of the, the, the cast members of Independence Day 2, uh, the, uh, the actors that were in, were in that. Um, gosh, uh, who else have I met? Oh, uh, Deontay Wilder. You know, Deontay, yeah. I met him in San Francisco, and I'll never forget, it was on the Friday it was, on, it was a Friday, and it was like one of the last shows we did on Friday, and it, the place was kind of cleared out at that time. There's Deontay Wilder. I mean, the guy's like six seven, and he's got arms that are. He's kind of built a little bit similarly to how like William McGinnis is, like the longest arms, really tall. And he was kind of an unknown fighter at the time, and he was by himself. He had no handler with him. So just everybody, Radio Row, everybody's got these handlers and these people that are just you know kind of uh, basically getting them from point A to point B to all the different uh, you know radio stations they need to go to. Uh, not Deontay. <laughs> he didn't have anybody. And he was one of the most likable, fascinating characters I've ever met. And I'll never forget that interview. But the most amazing, most fascinating interview I have ever, ever been a part of was, I believe it was the uh, Super Bowl. We were in Arizona. And I got a, a call from my good friend, John McClain. John McClain of the Houston Chronicle. He's been covering football down there for over 40 years. And John McClain in his Southern drawl, hey, Teddy, you want to get Rob O'Neill on your show? I said, Rob O'Neill, who, who's Rob O'Neill? He's the guy that shot Osama bin Laden. And I was like, are you kidding me? He's like, yeah, he, 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 he's, he wants to talk about it. He's here with his dad, and he wants to talk about it. And I thought, are you kidding me? Please, Absolutely. Rob O'Neill, ladies and gentlemen, um, I, I found out that day was um, in, you know was the was part of the the SEAL team that uh, went in, of course, and uh, took out Osama bin Laden many, many, many years ago. And he was talking to us for the first time ever about it. He has since gone on to do a lot of uh, tours and talks, and it has it has not been received well. In the, um, I will say, in the clandestine community, if you will, and, and in that world, that is, uh, that's something that uh, typically you do not talk about. I could not believe he sat down. I could not believe how honest he was with his, um, his answers, how candid he was. And I'll never forget my co-host, uh, Sean Pendergast, asked him, are you sure you can talk about this? And he actually said to us, he goes, you would be shocked at what is actually classified information it's stuff that would even interest you so there was anything he was talking about and so we asked him so what is your frame of reference you have rob o'neill who was um part of the uh the the navy seal team that went in and uh basically killed osama bin laden who was the on you know our fbi's most wanted list uh forever forever long responsible for the uh 9-11 we all know that he, he, he. When we asked him about you know it being classified, he said, he said a lot of this stuff is 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 is. I can tell you, and oh, this is what I was gonna say. But my frame of reference was the movie Zero Dark Thirty. If you've ever seen the movie, right. 
Jessica yeah. Chastain stars in it, and she was the basically the person who she played the the person who was represented as far as working for the CIA, who was able to find him, find his courier, and ultimately finding the courier that was living with Osama. You find the courier, you find Osama. And I basically used that movie as a reference point to ask questions for Rob. And he was very honest, and it was it was the most fascinating experience I've ever had, was interviewing Rob O'Neill, um, the gentleman who um, killed uh, and shot Osama bin Laden. And uh, in the movie, you will hear him say, his character say, I shot the fourth floor guy. And that's all he says. They don't say him by name. Um, they just say the fourth floor guy because he was living on the fourth floor of the compound in which they, they found him. Anyway, I just wanted to share that story. I've got a lot of Radio Row stories I don't want to bore you with, but that was uh, one that was uh, that was interesting. We got the Eric Dickerson, of course. He's not going to the game. He gave his tickets to his sister because um, uh, the Rams can go screw, I guess it sounds like. Um, a couple other, I thought, are, are interesting stories uh, from the week. Um, you, did you, you watch the, uh, you watched the Pro Bowl? I tried. Okay, you tried. <laughs> and I, I will, and look, we're not getting into this whole long thing uh, about the Pro Bowl, but I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's worth mentioning. Um, it sucks. It was horrible. I, I turned on the Pro Bowl and I could not believe what I was watching. I, I, I watched a few plays and I thought it was kind of a joke. So I kept, you, you literally, it's two hand touch. And I, I thought it was a joke. I thought, okay, well, this is part of the game where they're they're going to pick it up, right? They never did. I couldn't watch anymore. I was shocked by what I was, I was watching. The Pro Bowl is so bad. I can't believe that is the product they put out there. It that that was that was embarrassing. Would yeah. you say? Yeah, unfortunately, football as a sport isn't necessarily very conducive to that kind of all star game environment. You, they, but they have you, to figure something out. You can't out. do that. You it's, cannot it's, yeah. do what they did. Right? They can adjust. Look, at that point, I'd rather go watch Sean Taylor's hit on Brian Mormon for two and a half hours instead. Remember, it was the Pro Bowl in uh, 06 yeah. when Sean Taylor laid out the punter. Oh, laid him out. Greatest po- Pro Bowl moment in history. Yeah, they got to figure something out with that. I yeah. did watch some of the skills contests the night before. That wasn't bad. Maybe there's something you do with that. But, I mean, we were talking off the air. They didn't have the Pro Bowl last year. Nobody noticed. Nobody noticed. So they got to do something. They got to fix it somehow. It's, it's horrendous. I, I, in fact, I just couldn't believe what I was watching. I was, I was embarrassed for the NFL. Uh, real quick, let's go out to uh, Brian in the car. Brian's got a thought on the time, uh, the retirement, or never say never. I would say uh, Tom Brady kind of uh, story. Brian, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Morning, guys. How are you? Morning. How's it going? Good, man. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. It's just as far as like with Brady, but I, I feel like I need to say this because I don't want to come off as like a Brady hater. I think he's the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. But even his last few years here, I, I just got turned off by his ego. And I just think him coming out two days after his retirement and saying, you know, he's going to keep his options open. I just think he's an egomaniac. And it just he just completely turns me off as a person. And as far as, like, what you were saying earlier about who's a better pitch man, no doubt Peyton Manning's a better yeah. pitch man. He's, he's a personable guy. He's a funny guy. You know, there's nothing funny about Tom Brady. I, I just... His image, his ego—it's really, it's really tough to overcome. Yeah, yeah, interesting, Brian. Appreciate the phone call, man. Uh, enjoy watching the Super Bowl later. It's, it is interesting. I, I will say, I will say this. I met, I, I, I met uh, Peyton Manning. Um, I met Pat, Peyton Manning at the ESPYS in two thousand three. Hey, Tom, can you, uh, can you uh, let go of Brian? Okay, he's gone. Um, I met Peyton Manning at the ESPYS in two thousand three. All the captains got to go out there. We were up for Team of the Year, and I hated Peyton Manning. Until I met him, 
<laughs> yeah. And I love the guy. Awesome dude. And I, I saw him eh, recently a few years ago at another event. And uh, there's just something about him, man. He's 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 he is very he he connects with everybody. And uh, I don't know that that's not really Tom's thing, but it's going to be interesting to see kind of just how it looks for Tom post career. I I hear you, Brian. I mean, Tom, Tom the ego has and it's he kind of you know with his smile and his uh, aw shucks kind of attitude can kind of be the kind of disguise maybe the uh, you know the ego right. Oh, uh, but it's there. It's it's definitely there. And and they, it's gonna turn it's gonna turn some people off. And, and this story kind of kind of does. It's like, dude, okay, you had your time. Now it's time to go away, dude. I just hope, as somebody who's a, a fan of his, that this doesn't he figures it out and it doesn't become a part of his legacy. Like, look at Brett Favre. Brett Favre was a great quarterback, but I don't know if it's the number one thing on his legacy, but it's high up there. The whole retiring, unretiring, retiring, unretiring that became a big part of Brett Favre's career. There's people tweeting about Brett Favre this morning in regards to what Tom Brady's doing. So I just hope he doesn't go back and forth on it to the point where it becomes a defining trait. You know what's interesting? You bring up Brett Favre is Tom's kind of done it in a different way, though. I mean, this he's we've been talking about him retiring for years. Yeah. And he's, I think he kind of perpetuated, like, by kind of stoking the fire all the time. And, and look, it's, if it's their marketing team and that's part of their strategy, okay. But part of me feels duped. It's kind of like, dude, like, I love you, bro, but – but go on, uh, you know, either play or, or don't play. Right. Um, all right. Some other, some interesting, I think the news, uh, I mentioned this earlier, Robbo, Rob, Rob Ryan, who was uh, a linebackers coach with the Ravens. He was brought on as a defensive assistant uh, this week for the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. You've never met him. I'm guessing Alex. I have I, not. I played for the guy. Loved. I loved Rob Ryan because Rob Ryan, you, you, we'd, I'd come onto the bus after a game and Alex, <clears throat> We'd all get these uh, stat sheets from the game, you know, we, and they'd, they'd print them out and they'd hand them all to us and so we could see all the stats from the game. And And Rob's looking at the stat sheet and I'd sit next to him and he'd be like, we did our job, Ted. Linebackers did our – we did our job today. You know, we might have lost, but we, we did our job. So it was never it was never linebackers' fault when you played for Rob Ryan. Um, that, uh, that I loved. Uh, there's going to be a game. They announced – the NFL announced there's going to be uh, games now being played in Germany. All right, they're going to be have a game in Munich. All right, and then I think for the next four seasons they'll be uh, they'll they'll go from Frankfurt to to Munich to Frankfurt to Munich. I think, or the other way around. Anyway, the point is they're going to be playing uh, games in Germany in the, for the next uh, four years. I believe there's four international games next year: one in Munich, one in Mexico City, and then two in the UK. Your thoughts on the game going overseas? Yeah, I mean it's good. You got to grow the game. I think football's taking off in Germany. You're seeing players start to trickle into the league coming from Germany. Obviously, a good one in New England and Jakob Johnson. I would imagine at some point the Patriots are involved in one of those games. Maybe not this year because they have, with the new schedule, they have the extra road game coming up. It'll be eight home games, nine road games. But when they have that extra home game in 2023, I wouldn't be surprised if that game happens in Germany. I walked on a plane one time, and, and Paul Tagliabue, the former commissioner, was uh, on the flight. And I walked by him, and he was reading a book. And I said, uh, Commission, what are you reading? Oh, he's reading on a book on China, right? And he lives in China, or he was as a part of kind of a uh, – to, to grow the game uh, yeah. football He in China. He was living out there. It's every commissioner's job to expand the game. Look, Robert Katz one time told me he wants to play football in Israel. Like, I mean, it's like, dude, all right, uh, it's, that's going to be difficult. I could see a few problems there. But um, the point is these commissioners want to grow their game. They want to play – 
don't know if they want to have leagues in these other places, but at least they want their game to grow. And it's amazing to me how how much the game has grown in the UK. And so, who knows? Maybe you know people in Germany will. Just like you mentioned, it is growing. We have uh, Jakob Johnson, the fullback, right. is, from, is, from, is from Germany. Um, a couple other uh, quick stories real quick. Uh, just three Dolphins from the uh, 1972 undefeated team. Um, and I can't open the page right now, but the New York Times, of course, had article. The three three players, Nick Bonacani highlighted uh, the uh, the three. Um, the two other players, unfortunately, I can't open uh, and I can't tell you what their names were. They uh, have recently, unfortunately, recently passed away. They did autopsies on their brains. All of them had the most severe sign sign of uh, of CTE. CTE is not going away. It is, of course, the brain disease that is linked to multiple concussions. And so this is going to be a problem as, as we go. The problem, the only thing I see ever stopping the game of football, truly stopping it, all the scandals, everything, no problem. We can deal with that, is if they were able to discover or kind of invent Imaging technology that can detect CTE in the living. Right now, it's only post-mortem. Right. So you can't uh, see it in the living. Um, but unfortunately, those three guys had CE, CTE. Um, and my guess is they're they're kind of batting a, th- a batting a thousand with that. The autopsies they've done, all the hundreds of them, uh, most of them have all come back with that uh, uh, that uh, with, with, with that uh, pro- uh, prognosis. Um, and then one last thing I thought was interesting. Uh, the Raiders didn't announce McDaniel's was the new head coach on social until after his press conference. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, you got to be careful after be last careful. time, right? Yeah, right, exactly. All right, so that, that's the news and notes from around the NFL. Uh, final thoughts, Alex, on today's game. Who do you think is going to win? And kind of re reemphasize your key point and why you think that team will win. Yeah, I think that ultimately it comes down to the Rams' defensive line being too much. I actually sleeper pick. I think Aaron Donald is a good shot to be the MVP of this game. We haven't had a defensive Super Bowl MVP in a couple years. Hasn't been a defensive lineman in a long time. Aaron Donald gets a couple sacks. He's going to be in the conversation. I I tend to agree with you. I just think that it's just there's too much too much firepower, at least on that defensive line. The offensive line for the Bengals, holy crap, gave up nine sacks. Only one sack last week against, uh, or two weeks ago, I should say, against... Uh, uh, who would they play? Kansas City. Kansas City excuse me. Yeah. Only it was one sack. But Aaron Donald and Von Miller uh, and Leonard uh, was it Leonard uh, Floyd are, are just they're just too good. And so that offensive line, it's a paper shay offensive line. I think the Rams win this game. I think they they should win this game. They're just they're they're a better overall team. But um, it, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a really good game. And I think it's one of those games where you kind of look at you're gonna look at maybe Sean McVay a, a little differently uh, after this game. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's my feeling, but I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a really good game. And Matt Stafford, I think Matt Stafford has to win this game to kind of validate what I think is a career that is, eh, I don't know. A lot of people are kind of unsure, uh, and not really, you know, not really, uh, not really sure where to put him, if you will, in, yeah. in, in what category. So this will be, uh, uh, kind of a, a cherry on, on top if he was to go out there and, and do that. So. I think it's going to be a hell of a good game. I don't know what Zach Taylor if he's going to if he's going to be the have show out in this game. I he's do got to have something special ready. We'll see, right? Yeah. Oh, the, the Bengals. A, a key injury for the Bengals is CJ Uzama. He is going to play today. He is. Is that confirmed now? I saw he was. That is confirmed. That's big. I heard That's that. That's big. Uh, T Higgins is not going to be playing in this game. And so it's probably a I mean, wash between those two, yeah. But that was that's their second best uh, wide receiver, correct? Yeah, but they got three good ones. Tyler Boyd can play as well, so they they got a couple good receivers. I think, and you kind of alluded to it a couple times though. It's a big one for both coaching staff. Sean McVay, 
has admitted that he maybe the moment was a little too big for him for him back in 2018. And I, I think for Taylor, too, like you said, he's a guy that certainly saw some questions before they went on this run this year. And he can validate a lot with a win today. Yeah, he, he certainly. So in his third year, Cincinnati Bengals, um, I just think it's it's a loser franchise. So if they were able to win one, holy crap. Um, you talk about the cheapest, uh, I think probably the worst owner of all the teams in the NFL, Mike Brown of the Cincinnati Bengals. The, the story goes that he will payroll deduct. Uh, you want an extra jock strap or an extra pair of socks? No problem. Just a payroll deducted. So it's right enough. One of the one of the more, <laughs> and it's probably the owner uh, that probably is the most hated because he does the least uh, as far as uh, amount of work to market his team to make his team kind of. Uh, I don't know. He he just doesn't go out of his way to market or try and create new revenue uh, for his football team. He just kind of sits there and waits for the money to come in. Right. Uh, from the other teams because it's uh, profit sharing, right? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, how are we looking? We got uh, coming up next. We do not have Christian Arcan. Who do we have? We have Joe Murray. Um, I believe uh, Joe Murray is going to be coming up next. Anybody? In, uh, is anybody? Joe and uh, Leroy. Oh, Leroy. All right. So Joe Murray and Leroy Irving. They have you until I don't know the next uh, two or three hours. Uh, so make sure you check them out, everyone. Thank you very much. I will be gone next week. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm taking. I'm going February vacation with my son uh, to a soccer tournament. I will be gone. Alex, she'll be here, right? I'm in. Yep, I'm with in the one chair. Matt, uh, very good. So make sure you listen to Alex Barth, and I believe it's Matt Doloff. Matt Doloff, yep. Next Sunday, starting at 8 a.m., the Sunday football show. Uh, for Alex Barth, I am Ted Johnson. Enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. We'll talk to you later.